Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in His kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now with over a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey, my friends, I'm so glad that you're with me here on another episode of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. I'm super excited to welcome back my friend, Rebecca Friedlander, who is not only an incredible filmmaker, but artist, inspirer of artists and facilitator of just incredible divine connections with the Holy Spirit for creative people. Rebecca, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's such a joy. Absolutely. For those folks who may like Think I've heard her before. You may be thinking about episode 141, where we talked about her film project, The Thin Places, and just an incredible, incredible uh, part of the work that you do. But for those folks that are maybe just getting to know you, Rebecca, why don't you just give us the, the thumbnail sketch of who you are and what you're doing now, and then we can jump into some, some current things that are going on with you. Sure. Well, I'm a full-time creative and minister. And my passion is to uh, encounter the Holy Spirit, encounter the Lord, and release Him into the earth through uh, the creative arts. And yeah. really use kind of the, the eye gates and the heart emotions uh, that people have to really connect with a place in the Lord and just to release things of Him. So um, I'm a film producer. I am a, a, a graphic designer. Do some really interesting fine art stuff that's become a good teaching tool to help people access the presence of God. Um, worship leader, just kind of all around artist. I'm an author, speaker, just love lots of different types of mediums to talk about the word. Yeah, I, I learned several years ago that is called a polymath. And I was like, there's a word for it. Finally, there's a word for it. <laughs> so, so how did this journey of, you know, varied creative uh, expression and, and ministry. How did that begin for you? And and uh, were there disconnected seasons? And when did it start to bring, begin to really come together in convergence for you? Yeah, I was one of those kids that was always very creative. You know, if I had a paper plate and a slice of watermelon, I was like making pictures with the drops of, <laughs> of watermelon juice on my plate. Um, but I, my passion was for music and singing. So by the time I was in high school, I had written like 300 songs um, or mid high school and learned, taught myself how to play piano, knew a little bit of guitar and just really wanted to do the whole music career thing. Um, but the doors were really not opening and I didn't even know how to go about knocking on some of those doors. And I had some pretty um, strong mindsets that kept me bound up for a really long time. Yeah. So by the time I was in my early 20s, I just began to cry out to God. I was still living at home. My mom was a single parent, so I was kind of helping her raise my younger siblings. And I was feeling so frustrated because I knew that God had put this calling on my life to do creative things, but it just felt like all the doors were shut. And it finally came to a head when I moved with my family to a place called Deadwood, Texas. Mm. And it was this little tiny place out in the middle of nowhere on the bank of a river 
three miles from the closest neighbor. Wow. And to get to Deadwood, you had to drive past a sign that says Deadwood population 101 people, 100 happy people and one old grouch. (laughs) And they said, we take turns being the grouch. Exactly. (laughs) And so I was just at the end of my rope, didn't know what God wanted me to do, wanted to do something authentic and filled with God that was touching people, but had no clue how to get there. Yeah. And I remember just laying it all down at the feet of Jesus when I was there. I just say, okay, God, if you don't want me to do music, I'll just lay that down. I'm just going to start fasting and praying. You show me what you want me to do. And within a few weeks, um, he began to meet with me just all by myself in a little tiny shed. I set up my potter's wheel and started just throwing pots. I had learned how to, how to do some pottery and would just turn on my worship music mm. and just be with him. Yeah. And he began to talk to me about how we're like the clay and God is the potter. And I remember one moment as I was starting to get this unpacking and unfolding of scripture and the understanding of the potter and the clay and all of that. And I was thinking I could write this down. Like this would be amazing. And I remember the Lord stopped me one day. He just said, you know, I'll give this to you if this is what you want, but Mm. do you really want this? Mm. Because everywhere my presence is, the enemy is going to be there to try to, you know, snuff it out. And really, I looking back, I, I know that he was saying, do you, do you want the anointing? You know, do you, do you yeah. want the anointing of the Holy Spirit? You need to know it's not always going to be like pretty happy, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, dancing in the in the tulips all day long. You know what I mean? Like and and yet I was so hungry for something authentic and real. I just said, yes, God. And at that point, he started just to give me the story of the potter and the clay. And um, eventually, about a year later, uh, the pastor from a Methodist church there in Deadwood came to me and I was telling him this revelation from the Lord and how God was doing all this transformation work in my heart and, and teaching me through just the potter and the clay illustration. And he said, Rebecca, the Lord says, it's time for you to start your ministry. Come to my church, bring your potter's will and speak to our women. Wow. And so I lugged my big old potter's wheel in my mom's SUV to this little church. And sure enough, somebody got filled with the Holy Spirit that night Wow! and uh, had breakthrough in their life. And from that point on, I started getting bookings and churches just to come. And, and it was just speaking for a while. And then later singing came back into it. And from then on, it was like God was saying, you know, I have, I, I want to bless you with the creative arts mm. and I'm going to use you in this way. And if you let me, I'll give you more creative expression than you even imagined. And so yeah. it's just been trying to be obedient to that and faithful and uh, steward those things because you know, he can do whatever he wants to, can't That's he? Right. <laughs> you know, I so appreciate your story because we both come out of this sort of worship encounter, God's presence, um, you know, sort of ethos, if you will, that everything that we believe and try to lead other people into is 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 based in that. Um, talk about the difference with people who experience an encounter with Jesus versus just try to walk by trying to please him and trying to do things that, you know, think they're, that are godly and that think is, is what God wants as opposed to learning to co-labor with him in the, in the spirit out of the, out of that place of encounter. Yeah. Well, I think there's a, 
I think it's the difference between creating original art and, you know, just plagiarizing somebody yeah. else's, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and there is such a heart thing involved, isn't there? You know, but it really comes down to surrender. Mm. And I think God, you know, because we know that the Lord wants to release through us and to us. Yeah. And it's not hard. It's just comes to that point of God, I'm available to you. And sometimes the ways he wants to use us are not always the ways we want to be used. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I would have much rather you know, been on the stage singing music. And he's like, actually, I want your hands in a pot on a wheel sharing to in a deep way to my people. But, you know, when you see him show up, it's so worth it. And just like, well, whatever you want to do, I'll do whatever you want to do, God, as long as you just keep showing up, you know, because it's so good. So I think surrender is probably the key to that. Um, And then just obedience, because eventually, I mean, as, as much as we love the idea of being in ministry and being used by God, there are times where it feels, it feels hard sure. or there are times where it gets old. You know, there's only so many stages you can walk on and you're just like, Oh, I'm so excited. Cause I feel the thrill of being on the stage. You know, right. that, that goes away eventually. And it goes back to just hardcore. Am I obedient and going to be committed to what he calls me to do? Yeah. So I think there has to be that surrender involved. Um, and then just trusting he's going to do it, you know. Yeah, and he always leads us in places that we have no no clue where where we're going. And we've we've both been in seasons of life like that. I'd I'd love to maybe talk about the transition that you've been in over the last couple of years of uh, you know moving from California back to Texas and and all the things that have been opening up and this incredible project that you've you've got that folks can learn more about. So talk about that transition because talk about step of faith moving across the country no matter how good the opportunity may be is a, is a big deal and definitely one filled with, with, with faith steps. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. God is so creative with our story, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd been uh, leading a ministry with the prophetic arts and music and worship in San Diego. And we were meeting every month and we were watching God do some really cool things. And I'd been praying for a building for about a year and Then my father passed away Mm. in Northeast Texas, and I'd helped take care of him for the last 12 years of his life and had a lot of history there, a lot of forgiveness and restoration Mm. and uh, seeing a lot of healing and rebuilding of that relationship. And so um, when he passed away, I ended up coming back to be with him for the last few weeks of his life and really involved in his care for most of that time. And, um, and it was interesting because when he passed away, I inherited his home and his property and it's a beautiful log cabin, log home on about 20 acres in East Texas. I had helped find this home for him. Um, I'd helped him uh, take care of it over the years, lived with him for a couple of years because he had a brain injury and he had some Mm. physical limitations and problems. So, um, And so when he passed away and I, you know, inherited this cabin, I was going to sell it. I had a life in California. Right. I was like, this is really, I don't want to go back to Texas, Jesus. Not on your radar. (laughs) I'm like ready to move on, you know? Um, But as I started cleaning up the house, I thought, you know, I've been praying for a building. 
I think there's something special here. Mm. And I don't think God's done with this place. And I had friends because I had lived in East Texas for quite a number of years before California. And I had friends come to me and say, Hey, if you want to move your ministry here, we'll be your ministry team. And, um, and God just kept confirming it. And wow. so moved everything across the country, started a ministry here. Two weeks later, the COVID lockdown started. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what happened was that it helped us go underground so I could really train my team and invest sure. in them and pour into them. And we got to minister one-on-one mm. uh, to about 35 leaders during wow. that time, as well as start holding private retreats and spiritual retreats and conferences. And so uh, the whole project I've been working on recently is that I ended up filming the whole process of taking a rundown cabin and restoring it into a place of spiritual retreat. And really the whole heart of this is to cultivate the thin place, Mm. to cultivate a space for God's presence where people walk in and encounter him. Yeah. And so art ties into that because I've put some of my artwork all over the walls and it's very unique artwork. So it grabs people's attention right away and like activates and accesses their spirit, man. Mm. So they immediately, I mean, I've had, you know, the plumber come in and we end up play, praying for the plumber because he's like, whoa, you know, and it starts talking about Jesus and we get to love on him and, you know, pray. With, so people come in and like right away they start getting, um, you know, connecting with Holy Spirit because of all the prayer and worship that's happened here and the art. And, um, and now we've started holding, um, creativity retreats and we have people come in from all over the country, um, who come to our retreats and they get touched by the Lord and they get activated in their creativity. And, and we're really seeing God show up in some awesome ways to the point, like we don't even have to pray over people. Like they just walk into the atmosphere that we prayed over. We've cultivated, they start having connections with the Lord and having breakthroughs. And so, um, yeah, we're excited to just continue to keep building and and pouring into that. Yeah. Talk about that. You know, you did that whole project, obviously on the thin places and that sort of thing, but there is, you know, if somebody's listening, this may be new for you, but there are, you know, God loves places. God loves places in the earth. And there are, there are places that God is, so present and so uh, powerfully moving, you know, in, and, and you talk about, you know, I, I'm just thinking, you know, in the new Testament, you know, when the, when the uh, disciples would walk by and just the shadow, you know, from them would, would heal people. There's something about being in a place that hosts the presence of God in a tangible way. What do you, what would you say about cultivating a place like that, you know, there may be other people that are listening that are like, wow, we have a retreat center. We'd never experienced that. Or even in our church, or I'd love to see that in happening in my art studio or, or gallery. What is it about um, creating the atmosphere for the presence of God to encounter people in such a tangible way like that? Yeah. I mean, I think we're still on that journey of learning what that looks like, but I think there's a few things that I learned I picked up from studying the Celtic saints mm. because they coined the term thin places. That was their whole, you know, passion was to create places, you know, for the presence and for community. So uh, a few things that I learned from them that we've implemented here are when they went to a place to start a Christian community, 
they didn't look for the most accessible place for other people. In fact, they loved the places that were abandoned. And mm. some people would say were even demonized. Like they loved to take those places and they felt like part of their responsibility with God was actually to redeem the land yeah. and make it blossom as a rose. Mm. So they would go into these outback places. And the first thing they would do was fast and pray for 40 days mm. and live on the land. And they wanted to consecrate the land and cleanse the land. And some of the places, even like um, like the community on Iona, it was actually yeah. a place of uh, where the Druids had a university. So there was lots of witchcraft yeah. that was being taught. Well, they came in, the king gave them the land, they moved out the Druids, and they set up a Christian community. And they would literally go in and fast and pray on the land and ask the Lord to cleanse it. And then they would build their prayer cells. Yeah. their little huts for prayer. Right. And then they would build their chapel and then they would build a place to live. And so it was this idea of, you know, okay, maybe I'm not going to just like live off the land and do, <laughs> camp out on my, you know, soil for 40 days. But what can I do? I can really intentionally cleanse my land. We anointed it with oil. Yeah. My team and I, um, we, we just, we did a land cleansing ceremony. There's places online that can show you how to do that and it's all very biblical and scriptural yeah. we god really led me into some of the places in scripture uh that in the old testament prophets where god would actually say to the prophet go out and prophesy over the land mm. he wasn't even talking to people yeah. he was speaking to the land and um and so there were some things some real specific things that we got into to just cleanse the land i read a book called the grace outpouring which is of a recent revival in wales that's happened yeah. just within the last 20 25 years and they went through the same thing it was amazing this was just after we had been through our whole yeah. you know giving our land to the lord but one thing the lord led them to do was to take some oil and just begin to plead the blood of jesus and pray the blood of jesus over mm. every wall in their in on all of their buildings and so there's some things that you can do that the lord really honors just to yeah. cleanse that space yeah. and to begin to you know bring in your intercessor friends yeah. you know bring in the ones that are a little wild and crazy because they right. usually know what they're talking about right bring them in and just have them just begin to just press in and intercede over that space yeah. and you, you know it may take a little while you know it may take up to like a year for us, we noticed that there was a real breakthrough after mm. about a year. Um, but I have all sorts of stories of, yeah, of, of different things that happened. But we, we really just wanted to, to first of all, cleanse that space yeah. really intentionally. Yeah. Not because we're afraid of anything that would, you know, of darkness, but because we wanted to show the Lord that we really wanted this and we yeah, really wanted to go after it. Yeah. And and be really intentional about it. So, um, and then just, you know, wanting to fill it with, with worship and with prayer and like regular prayer, uh, yeah. some kind of rhythm of prayer, whether it's once a week or every morning, even it doesn't really matter what it is, just some kind of regular rhythm of prayer where we're really wanting to, I mean, this is a whole nother thing, but the yeah. Lord was teaching us about priesting the presence of God. Mm. What does it look like? Because the word priest in the Old Testament is both a noun and a verb. Wow. And so when we encounter his presence, what are we going to do? Mm. You know, like, are we going to engage with him? What does yeah. he want to do? How do we learn to, to officiate as priests in that place? And you don't have to do anything with worship music to do that. Yeah. yeah. It, it can all be you and Jesus or you and a friend in Jesus. So those are a few things that 
that the Lord is teaching us how to unpack and really engage with him yeah. um, in, in this place. Yeah, that's so good. You know, I, I want to um, ask you something that may seem like a little shift gears, but I think it really, for me, it's, it's very, very congruent. So I hope you'll see it that way too. Um, one of the things I think that one of the ministry mindsets of people who uh, may feel like God's called them into their art with, with ministry is that, you know, they have to give everything away that, you know, you're not supposed to charge for anything. You're not supposed to, you know, that somehow the, you know, God's going to supernaturally provide the funds. And we've all heard stories of, of that sort of thing. And yet I think for those of us who have operated both in ministry and in business and that sort of thing, you realize that God is in the business, you know, usually providing opportunities that give us the, the opportunity to receive provision through different means that he uh, provides and, and teaches us about and that sort of thing, either through other influences or education that we get or, you know, whatever that is. And so that it seems like, um, you know, for you that you have really come to terms in a, in a great way of being able to walk fully in ministry and yet also be able to charge for your artwork, charge for the, you know, the things that you're creating uh, books and films and and all that sort of thing. So I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective because you know, I really believe strongly, you know, God sends us our provision through our unique assignment, through our unique design that not only for us to be blessed, but also to be a blessing. And so I, I just love to hear your take on that, because I think it's still as much as we talk about here on this podcast, there's still a lot of people that that struggle with that and, and even feel bad sometimes for for charging or wanting to charge or needing to charge for what they do in order to pursue um, a calling on their life. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, I think every one of us is on a journey to know what that looks like. Yeah. There's not like a one size fits all for anyone's calling. Right. And so um, I, I think for me, I wanted to do this full time. I wanted to create something that would meet my needs whether it was people giving donations or I was willing to work in such a way that, I mean, I'm happy to work hard in order to, to make that happen. And yep. if it's something that I can put my hand to that I love and that creates fruit for God's kingdom, I mean, all the better. Yeah, sure. Right. And so <clears throat> I think it really depends on your mindset. You know, is this something you want to do on the side and you just want to sow and give out, or do you want to put your hand to this in a way that, um, you, you wanted to take all of your time yeah. and in, in that way, you know, do you need God to supply for you financially? And if so, then, you know, we better figure out how to make that work. And so, um, I, I think for me, it's been a combination. Uh, one of the smartest things I ever did, and I wish I had done it sooner was to start a nonprofit. Mm. So I run my business and then I also run a nonprofit mm-hmm. so that I can, I can do both. I can yeah. do some things for free. And if people want to donate, it just goes right back into the ministry. Yeah. But then I can also do some things that's like, you know what? I have a budget for this and I have people now in my life that I'm accountable to sure. um, that can call me and say, okay, like, are you actually making money? Like, do you have groceries, you yeah. know, and, <laughs> and can keep me accountable on it. I, I will say that the one thing that I think the Lord rebuked me on in my life was the fact he said, you have not sowed well and you, you've, you've given too much in the wrong place. Mm. And there were times where I gave to certain things financially and, and with my time and my effort that 
it was just really not a good or safe place for me to get into. Yeah. And, and so I think the Lord values us enough to, to really want us to be used well in his kingdom, not to be taken advantage of. Um, but he also wants us to be really intentional about where we sow, you know? And, um, so I think it's, it's a really big question and it's a really good question. It starts yeah. out with the fact that God really values you mm. and then taking a good look at your art too and say, you know, is this something that can be monetized? Yeah. You know, is it at that level where I'm ready to put a price tag on it and people will value it with money in the same way? Or am yeah. I still building up into that place? So there's all sorts of questions that I think can, it can be a good idea to get some coaching, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and really figure out where you're at and how you can, it's all about stewardship. How can you store that place? Well, yeah. and, um, and value your time. Yeah. That's, we talk about that so much in our mentoring program, talking about the difference, like you're saying between hobby vocation and ministry and how those things overlap and some things are true over here but they're not over here and then i think the other issue you're talking about of of boundaries you know i I think if god tells you to share your art just sew it into somebody give it away go for it you know but if you're if you're in the place of doing that because you feel guilt or because you feel coerced or because of expectations somebody else has on you then that is not the lord you know there you need to have those healthy conversations and figure out where you are in that and I just, I love that. And it is like you're saying, it's a dance for, for all of us to figure out what that rhythm is. You know, for me, I, I did my baskets as, as a hobby and and sold them 25, $30, you know, for years and years and years and made my, you know, uh, living through ministry. But then that kind of switched in 2009, the Lord had me start making my living through my baskets and then books and then the mentoring program, all, you know, every it's always changing, but the constant in there is, am I, Am I sowing? Am I walking? Am I responding to the leading of of the Holy Spirit? And I find in my life, and just like in yours and so many others, it, it's it's funny how the Lord will bring what we think are all these disparate parts. He'll begin to bring those into this beautiful place of convergence, where all those many you know many streams, if you will, M I N I and M A N Y, all of those streams begin to flow as a river, um, a provision in our life, so that it's not you know, that we're just, you know, relying on a job per se, but we're able to do the things that God's called us to do with enough provision to be blessed and also be a blessing to others. Yeah. So, it know. takes a lot of self-awareness, doesn't it? It does. It's so much easier to go and have someone else write you a paycheck, but that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and I yeah, think you have to you know, kind of think it, like an entrepreneur a little bit. You do. And I, and I think, you know, not that God loves entrepreneurs more than he loves people with, with jobs, but I just, I think, especially all the stuff that we've just gone through with COVID and, and all of that, you know, having multiple streams of income. And I think of it as multiple opportunities for God to bless you through, you know, is, um, is just, I think such a, a beautiful place to be because this illusion that many of us grew up with that, somehow having a job, uh, you know, that somewhere somebody else is paying you is the quote unquote more secure way to live. You know, I, d- I think everybody's seen the fallacy of that. And I, I think what you're saying and what I'm always trying to say as well is that the secure place is not, you know, with somebody else paying you necessarily, yes or no, the secure place is, am I following what the Holy Spirit is leading me to follow it in that place? He promises to be my provider and my source. And, that's really? that's the place I want to be. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, Amen. That is, that is so good. And sometimes the things, again, you think that he's going to do, one of my mentors said, just get out there and do everything that's on your heart, Rebecca, and then watch for the places where God's blessing shows up. Yeah. Follow the favor. Because he doesn't (laughs) always tell us beforehand. right? Right. And so when we get out there, like even just receiving this, this log home, I had so many ideas of ministry, right? Like so many things I wanted to do. I finally had my own space. And, but just getting out there and kind of test driving a few of those, it was really apparent that, oh, God is really going to bless this part. And Mm. that one's not working so well, but it takes that, that courage and that bravery to just to get out there, recognize you're not always going to uh, succeed at everything you put your hand to, but it's okay because God is going to make his hand of blessing really clear and really obvious. He's really good at that. And um, that's, that's so important because it it means that success is attainable um, when it's his blessing is involved. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Well, my friend, it's always great to reconnect with you and just hear the great things God's doing in you and through you. And so excited for this new season of fruitfulness and, and opportunity that the Lord's got. And uh, who knows what he has in store, right? All of us are like, what's over the horizon? I'm not quite sure, but, I, but I'm on the journey. So I know folks are going to want to connect with you, Rebecca. So where's the best place that they can connect online, see this new project and also all the other great stuff that you're doing? Yeah, come to my website, RebeccaFriedlander.com. And on there, there's links to Vimeo's, uh, the film about Celtic saints is on there. Um, Also, my new program called The Divine Adventure, which is all about inheritance and receiving this place from my cabin and all the the fun and silly and uh, crazy stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make your vision possible. Um, And so that's on there as well. I have a book called The Divine Adventure. It's all about spiritual practices and just the real nitty gritty stuff of how to just build your walk with Jesus and take it to the next level. Um, And I have some pictures too. Do you mind if I just show a couple? No, show a couple. Yeah, definitely. I pulled these off my walls today because I I know all of our podcast listeners, you'll have to go over to YouTube and and see these (laughs) because we're about to show the good stuff here. So. Yeah, yeah. Watch the watch the YouTube video. So this oh, is a man. picture that I created, and as you can see, it's someone who's been stabbed in the back. Oh. Wow. And so I think this is so many of us. You know, this is kind of where we are in our artistic journey. There have been things that we felt belittled or betrayed, or people yeah. have spoken over us yeah. that have not been of the Father's heart for us. Yeah. And really, where I think the Lord wants to take us is to the place where he can wash us and get us ready for the next season. Oh, wow. Wow. How beautiful. Come on. And there's a washing (laughs) that he's doing right now that we can take advantage of because he's raising us up and he wants to get us ready and get rid of some of that old and shift us into some new places of of encounter with him. So. Yeah, we can all take advantage of that for the That's right. More refreshing, more refreshing. I love it. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking time and um, all the best to you. And I just uh, can't wait to see what the Lord does through you next. So thanks for being on the podcast today. 
Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.